Welcome to A Woman's Clarity, a new program by C2P. A Woman's Clarity aims to help both women and men in the financial services industry reach their full potential by interacting with like-minded, strong, and motivated holistic advisors. We've partnered within our network of institutional and carrier partners to bring expertise, advice, tips, and more from talented female leaders, professionals, and practitioners from the finance sector. I am Kirsten Schlumbaum, Vice President of Annuity Sales here at C2P and the host of A Woman's Clarity. Thank you. I want to start off the day with gratitude. Thank you for joining us today because I know when you give us your time, you're not doing what you do best is helping your clients. So with gratitude, we appreciate you joining us today. A Woman's Clarity was created to help both female and male advisors get in front of more female clients to help them navigate retirement in the messaging, in the way women want to be approached. And during my tenure here at C2P, I've gotten the opportunity to get to know two phenomenal women from Dimensional Fund Advisors, Mia Hansen and Ashley Erlardo. But in our conversations that we've had about helping women in finance, they shared with me this opportunity to help you help your clients by opening up conversations. So I'm going to hand the baton over to Mia to introduce the program, and then Ashley's going to get started. So welcome, Mia, and welcome, Ashley. Thanks, Kristen, for the warm introduction. I see a couple familiar faces on here, so great to see all of you and meet a larger group of the C2P community. For those of you who don't know, I'm an associate within Dimensional's Global Client Group. So that means I'm supporting some of Dimensional's largest relationships like C2P Enterprises for the past two years. And those of you, just really quick before we dive into the meat of the content today, um, for those of you who may not be familiar with Dimensional, we've actually been an investment partner with C2P for over 10 years to make our solutions available to the advisor community. Um, Dimensional was founded in 1981 with the goal to implement the best in financial science in real-world portfolios, and we're happy to say today at over $600 billion in AUM and about 14 global offices, we believe we can provide investors a successful investment experience without having to outgas the market. And so if you're interested in exploring, you know, a little bit more of the investment side that I'm talking about, especially what is available at C2P, please feel free to reach out to me at my email that will be provided at the end of the presentation today. However, shifting gears here, we are here to talk about how Dimensional can support the advisor community outside of investments as well. So really quickly, Dimensional has three pillars through which we service advisors, obviously first investments, then communications, and as well business strategy. And we like to call this an all-encompassing program, Dimensional 360. And within that communications pillar, we have our client communities. And since 2003, our communities have brought together clients with common interests, business models, roles, areas of focus, and aspirations to support one another in growing their business and advancing the way they serve their clients. So there are several different types of communities that we host within Dimensional Communities. Um, for example, emerging leaders in our executive forums, 
Um, but today we are going to kind of zero in on one event that we host in particular for our women and wealth community. So if you're interested in what that might be, the women in wealth community, we actually did a podcast with Kristen on our dimensional women in wealth community. So I would highly recommend checking that out for some more information. But for a brief background, Dimensional founded Women in Wealth in 2015 after seeing a need to bring advisors together on how to better serve women and their wealth. So while industry management can do more to support a growing diverse client base, Dimensional is committed to exploring how we can help advisors offer women a better investment experience. And one of the ways we like to do this is hosting conversation circles which I've actually asked the director of our Women in Wealth community, Ashley Lardo, to speak about today, and I'll let her introduce herself more. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mia. And hi, everyone. It's so great to be with you, and I'm so excited to be talking conversation circles. So just to give you some background around how we first learned about conversation circles, Mia started talking about our Women in Wealth community. And back in 2015, when we were seeing that so many of the advisors that we were working with were starting to focus their practices around working with different demographics of women. We wanted to create a working group to see, is serving women different? If so, how? What can we at Dimensional do to help? So we gathered together a small group of 15 advisors to explore these questions. And actually in those working groups, a few advisors started to talk about this tool that they use in their practice called conversation circles. And everybody in the room immediately became interested in learning more. So at face value, conversation circles, I think, are one of the most unique things happening in our industry today. They gather together a small group of individuals to have a structured conversation around a particular topic. Many advisors are hosting conversations around money not the dollars and cents, but our relationship with money. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about all things circle today. We'll talk about why host a circle? What is a circle? Who do I invite? How do I continue building that relationship even beyond the conversation circles that I host for my clients, my prospects, my centers of influence, as well as some next steps to help you get started in your journey. So with that, let's start with the why. Why would you potentially host a conversation circle? And I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. We have a few visuals to throw up, but we are monitoring the chat for any questions. And also feel free to come off of mute and ask your questions as well. I want this to be as interactive as possible. So with that, when thinking about the client experience, the key word that comes to mind is trust. When we trust someone, we want to do business with them. We want to get to know them better. Of course, one important element of trust is expertise. Your clients expect you to have expertise in planning, in investments, working with clients like them. But in hosting conversation circles and hosting events through the women in wealth community, we learned about the importance of empathy and vulnerability as part of the client experience. So some key components of empathy are listening, asking questions, reflecting on what she is saying for deeper understanding. But if you're just listening and asking questions and you're not opening up yourself, you're not sharing bits and pieces of your own story, they may not feel like they want to continue to share themselves with you. So that's why we think vulnerability is also important. And vulnerability is about opening up, expressing emotion and being authentic and relatable. 
Now, conversation circles allow us to hit on these elements and build that trust really quickly in a short span of time. And I actually asked advisors in the community who are leveraging circles, what are some of the highlights? Why do you do it? So to share a direct quote from the community itself, an advisor shared with me, I hosted a circle with all women going through or have gone through divorce. We didn't ask any questions related to divorce, but as personal stories came out, the women realized that they all had a similar experience. There were tears, laughter, and deep conversations, and everyone left the room feeling like they had built a community of other women who truly understood them and for the first time felt proud to talk about divorce and their experience and not the way everyone else makes them feel of it being a taboo topic. I read quotes like this every day and I often think about the impact that has for your clients who are going through transitions such as divorce, loss of a partner, or who want to dig deeper around topics like their past experiences with money. So circles are a tool that can allow you to gain deeper relationships with current clients make their relationship even stickier. And because you're developing that relationship, your clients may be more likely to refer you. But many advisors are also using this as a direct business development tool. So this is an opportunity to have your clients bring a friend. That friend can be a prospect for you down the line. And also an added benefit is that your current clients may feel more comfortable coming to the event in the first place. You can invite centers of influence to show how you are different, how you are incorporating all of these themes into the client experience. And we actually do see advisors hosting conversation circles alongside COIs as well. That way, both yourself and your centers of influence can drive attendance to the conversation circles. But I've been talking a lot about conversation circles. You're probably wondering what exactly is a circle? So I'll give you all a moment to read here what's on the screen, but in thinking about a conversation circle, as I said before, you're gathering together a small group of people to have a structured conversation. So you actually see a picture of a conversation circle depicted here on the left. There's a lot of intention around the setup that we have here in this room. But as you all are reading, there were probably a few phrases that stood out in that definition. So a few that stand out to me, collaborative leadership. The circle innately has a structure that allows us to keep our intention and have that thoughtful conversation. There are three roles in conversation circle, which we will explore today. And that's the host, the guardian, and the participant. And each of those roles play a vital part in this collaborative leadership. Another phrase that stands out to me is social safety. The environment that we create, all of the props and tools that you see on screen allows us to be comfortable so we can discuss our topics deeply with one another and be vulnerable. And there's several things that we do to foster this safety in the room, including setting a center, which you see depicted here on screen on the coffee table. And last is thoughtful contributions. This conversation is not a loose conversation. We will talk about how the conversation is structured to allow for that thoughtful contribution and for wisdom to be passed between one another. But let's start with those three roles that we were talking about before. And as we said, they are host, guardian, and participant. And to bring some of these themes to life, I would like to think about each of these roles by comparing it to the roles that people play when we're going on a road trip. I'm sure an experience that all of us are familiar with. So you can think of the host as the driver. They're the person that's getting us from point A to point B. They're the one that 
decided that we were going to hop in the car and go to a new destination. They're inviting everybody who's coming into the car. So they're driving that experience by large. But you can think of the guardian as the co-pilot, the person in the front seat sitting next to you. They're the ones when there is a new traffic delay, they're helping you on Google Maps figure out a new route to your destination. They're helping to control the radio and they're contributing to that overall experience. So your guardian really is that second in command, that co-pilot. And then last, the participants are the people in the backseat. So potentially they may have a cooler back there. They have access to the cooler. They can pass those drinks up to the front and they get invited by the driver. So they're contributing to the conversation and they're by large a key factor in how that experience feels. So let's dive a little bit more into each of these roles and what they are typically responsible for in a conversation circle format. So starting with that host, that driver, they're the person that calls the gathering. So potentially all of you here on screen, the person who is thinking about the clients that can come together and have a fruitful conversation around that topic. So they're doing things such as deciding who's coming in the room, what topic would be most fruitful to discuss. They're setting that environment so that you create comfort as soon as people walk in. They prepare the facilitation plan and facilitate the conversation by large. But the most important thing that a host does is setting the tone for the experience. Whenever you're in a conversation circle, the host typically kicks off on sharing for many of the exercises. So the host has the opportunity to truly be vulnerable themselves and, and share bits and pieces of their story so that everybody else in the room feels comfortable sharing their story as well. Now, thinking a little bit more about that guardian role, so that co-pilot, that second person in command, the guardian is someone who can help you manage the energy of the room. So in an in-person circle, typically the host and the guardian sit right across from one another. That way you can help monitor for time by looking at each other, any pivots you want to make, you're able to give those visual indications across the room. But the guardian can do things such as helping you set up the experience, helping you set the center, potentially bring a few of the participants that you want to invite along for the experience. They're going to be managing time. So if in the facilitation plan, the guardian notices that potentially we are a little bit past our time for different exercises, they can help uh, dial in different exercises or potentially omit different exercises to help everybody stay on track. But more importantly, they're that second set of eyes that help watch for energy in the room. So there may be times where you want to call for a pause in the conversation. So let's say we're talking really deeply around our money stories. So we're talking about those early money memories and somebody shares something that's really deep, really meaningful in that conversation circle experience. The Guardian has several tools, including a set of chimes that they can use to help call for that pause if everybody in the circle has been moved and you need some, some space within that environment. So they can ring the chimes to call for the pause, explain why they called for the pause, and then ring the chimes again to restart the circle. The Guardian also reviews agreements that are going to be held within the conversation circle. So 
these agreements are things such as holding confidentiality. So whenever we're in circle, we play by Vegas rules. What happens in the circle stays in the circle. It's things like listening with intention, speaking with attention. So aspects that you think are important for everyone to agree on in order to have that comfortable space. And then last, just to touch on the participant role as well, the participants are also largely responsible for the experience that you're going to have at large. The conversation circle is an opportunity for everybody to share their story and to learn from one another. So the participants sharing and what they share contributes to the overall experience. I myself have done over 100 of these conversation circles on behalf of Dimensional. And every conversation circle, even if the topics are the same, they're different because the people in the room are different. So the participants are responsible for listening to others, honoring those agreements, sharing their experiences, also asking for what they may need in the circle and calling upon those agreements as they may want. So all three roles really play that key component in being able to have that fruitful conversation that allows us to build that trust really, really quickly bypassing years of traditional relationship building. Now, how many participants do you ask for a virtual environment? We've done them as small as four, not including the host and uh, guardian, as large as 10. I think in the virtual environment, it's really nice to have that smaller group and be able to see everybody's faces on screen at the same time to emulate some of the things that we do in person to create that social safety. And then in person, again, for is kind of where we typically start on the floor. And then 14 is kind of that higher end. We've done larger events such as 20. You can do it, it is possible, but there's something nice about being together in a small group and allowing for that space to have everybody share at their comfort level. Now I see some, quite, some, some items may have come in in the chat. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen before I keep going and see if there are any questions that we want to acknowledge really quickly. Ashley, I would love to acknowledge a couple of the male advisors who have joined us today because they ask, they're ask they asking yes. great questions. They're asking if they as a male advisor can be as impactful holding these on certain topics. I'm like, absolutely, yes. But can you please yes. share a little bit about some of your top circles, how they've been hosted by their male advisors? Yes. So uh, conversation circles, in my opinion, are for anyone who wants to be in this format, regardless of gender. So I myself have been in several co-ed conversation circles. We do have a couple of male advisors in the women and wealth community who use this as a business development tool, both with their female and male clients. I think the most important thing when hosting a circle is having people opt in for the experience. So sharing the environment that you're trying to create, the topic that you're going to discuss, why you want them specifically in that room, all of that is going to allow for your clients, regardless of gender, to opt in for the experience and be very willing to be in that participant role. So these circles are for everyone and anyone who wants to be in a format like this. And we do have several advisors in the community, male advisors who are hosting these in their practice and really enjoy using it as a tool to develop their practice. And it's not just inviting women to the circles. There are also males mm -hmm. that are coming to these circles because there are topics that are relevant to men. I mean, I hosted a podcast where we talked about dementia care and that yes. was started by a gentleman who had lost his mother to Alzheimer's. So he hosts his own circles 
to talk about this with men to talk about how to care for the caregivers. So it's all inclusive for the topics that your client base is searching to learn more about and be comfortable speaking with you about. Absolutely. And we house conversation circles predominantly in our women and wealth community because that's where we first learned about them as a tool was in those early working groups. So it's been really exciting to see so many advisors pick this up as a business development resource, as an opportunity to build those deeper relationships with their clients, whether it be in in co-ed environments or not. So I think this is a great tool for anyone to leverage. I can share a little bit more around some of the tools that we use in conversation circles to create safety. And I actually do have some topics that you can explore in circle as well, just to kind of hands-on show how many topics you can explore. And really the, the answer is infinite. It just depends on what's going to resonate with your clients. So to share a little bit more around some of the tools that we use to create that, that comfortable environment for everybody. I talked about the center earlier, and the center is the actual middle of the circle. It's a place where you can keep your intention. So have you ever noticed that when you sit around a campfire and you're you're with a group, rather than engaging with one another by making eye contact, you're staring at the flames, talking the night away? That's what the center allows us to do. It's another place where people can focus their energy when they're sharing their personal stories. So some props that we typically put in the center to allow it to be that focal point, some kind of flowers or candles, some visual representations related to your topic. So a little bit of a backstory around the peacock theme that you see here on screen a colleague and I were hosting a conversation circle around you being you. And we were at a conference a few weeks before hosting this circle. And a presenter said, be a peacock in a land of penguins. And for some reason that really stood out to us. We felt moved by her session and we wanted to bring elements of her along for the experience that we were creating. So that's why we went ahead and actually completely took the peacock theme and ran with it. So we had a flower that kind of looked like a peacock tail. We had some candles to help add to that campfire-like experience. You'll see there's a set of chimes on the table in the top of the picture. That's our way that we can call for a pause and call on the agreement should we want to. And then we brought a peacock teddy bear as well as some talking stones along for the experience as well. So when you're in conversation circle, there's opportunity to go around the circle one by one and share around particular questions. So you can use a talking stone to help have that as a visual representation of somebody having the floor. And then when they're done sharing, they can pass the stone to the next person. Or if you don't want to go around the circle one by one, you want to share as themes come up that resonate with you, that's why we have a plush peacock. That way we can toss the peacock across the room and it operates very similarly as that talking stone. Now, I've hosted circles where it's a very minimalist setup and we're not bringing plush peacocks. So it just depends on what's going to resonate with you. So whatever props resonate with you. I've brought little hacky sacks before as our way to pass around the circle rather than going around one by one. I've brought black river stones that I found in my own backyard as our talking stones instead of the stones that you see here on screen that have some words written on them. 
So feel free to make this setup authentic to you and the experience that you're trying to create as well. But when people walk into the room, when they're first coming to your event, they're going to see this center set up and they're going to see the intention that you put behind this event as soon as they walk in. And that already creates some of that comfort that people want as soon as they're getting into the the meat of the conversation circle. So I promised you all a list of topics you can explore in Circle, and this is just a sample of some of the topics that we've seen in the community. So a lot of advisors start with money stories and money conversations. So what are those earliest money memories? What past experiences reinforce those beliefs or cause them to evolve? We actually do a values exercise where we dive into defining what we find most important in the way that we live. And we think about those elements as it relates to the way that we use our resources, which of course are our time and money, and if there are any changes that we want to make. So that's where we see a lot of advisors starting and then continuing to host circles, whether they bring together the same group of people or bring together a different group of people around various topics. So some to highlight, what color is your retirement has been a really big theme. So helping your clients who are nearing retirement or just entered retirement, think about what are the experiences that they want to have with a group of like-minded people who are in that similar stage of life. Another one, engaging children in financial decisions. So bringing together a group of parents to think through elements such as what are the lessons that we wanna pass down to our children? How can we create that intentionality? Can we potentially write a family mission statement around the money lessons that we want to pass down to our children? And then even hearing what everybody else in the room is doing to help create those opportunities for lessons learned with their families. So there's many, many topics you can explore in Circle. Of course, everything here on screen is just a sampling of what you can do. But as you're thinking through the clients that you want to bring together in circle, think about the common interests that they have, challenges they may have. All of that can spark some, some different ideas around what topics may be fruitful to discuss in a conversation circle itself. Ashley, Ashley there's a question out there from Brent asking that he hears a lot of his female clients are concerned and discouraged about the current political environment. Now, I don't want to get into politics here, but mm-hmm. as a topic, is there any coaching you would give Brent if this was a topic he wanted to host? Yeah. So potentially in a conversation circle environment, it could be good to explore what some of those early experiences are with money that cause potentially some of these anxieties around certain situations that happen, such as the investment fad of the day, politics, all of the different themes that we hear. So potentially in a conversation circle environment, I would explore more around early experiences with money, defining values with money, and potentially a conversation circle is a great format for a small group to get to know each other very well, and then to do an educational topic afterwards with that same group where they're going to feel extremely comfortable asking you questions about all things investments. So I see this more as a tool where you can talk about those common experiences, talk about the, the the why as part of their story, and then investment education as a really good follow-up. Because we actually did this where for an advisory firm, we helped them host a conversation circle. And then the next day we did some investment education. And we noticed that everybody in the room 
was more willing to ask questions and they were more engaged throughout the entire experience as well. Thank you. And James, I hope that helped. I'm sorry, Brent, I hope that helped answer your question. Sorry to interrupt, Ashley. No, of course. And I'd be more than happy to talk about that offline as well with you, Brent. I think, All right. well, uh, yeah, Go ahead, Mia. there's another good question in there that was asking how you create the focal point if it's a virtual circle. And I think that would be good to address. Yeah. Recommendations there. Absolutely. So what I do for a virtual circle, and I'm going to stop sharing my screen so we can see each other, is I create the center and I set it up next to me. And I have a separate feed that's also dialing in my center. So I'll typically dial in and host the conversation circle from my computer. So a setup like what I'm doing today. And then I have an iPad that I dial in as well. And I bring the center in on a live feed because my LED candles have a nice flicker to them. It's kind of nice to see some movement for that little box on screen. And I still will emulate a lot of the passing around of the props using the center that's set up next to me. So potentially if we're doing a sharing exercise where we're asking people to take the floor, I'll move something in and out of the center and physically take it out of my campfire and it comes out of the screen and then put it back when that person is done sharing. So that's how I do it. I dial in two devices. There also are some ways that you can emulate that through the raise hand feature so that people don't step on one another when they're sharing. So you can give everybody really thoughtful instructions around that, as well as if you wanted to do a going around the circle one by one, you could paste an order in the chat of names and have people pass it to one another. So those are some of the adaptations that I do in a virtual environment. But great question. And then, Ashley, I believe you're probably going to yeah. cover this, but venue locations is another question yes. in the chat. Where would an advisor host this if they don't have a place in their office? Yes. Yeah, so there's many different locations that we see advisors do them. We have seen advisors do them in their office if they have a lobby area. So you don't have to necessarily have like a traditional conference room set up. In fact, we don't like having the big table in between us. We like to have that open space to allow for that connection. So if you have a lobby in your office with a couch, you can add some chairs around that couch and typically it comes with a coffee table automatically. So that can be one great place to host it. We have seen advisors host conversation circles also at restaurants. If you're close to a dimensional campus, that can potentially be an opportunity as well as we have several great spaces even in our own backyards. But we've seen advisors get really creative around the spaces as well. So I know in Chicago, there's several great places um, where they're designed to host different types of meetings. And uh, we host our conversation circles in one of those meeting spaces. So potentially, that's an opportunity. And even some advisors who share spaces in different environments like a WeWork, potentially there's some rooms also that I've heard advisors leveraging too that are affiliated with different spaces. So some ideas, I think it's also really fun. We've seen them posted at wineries too, where if they have a little private event space, you can go ahead and create a very similar setup as well. And they're typically a little bit more flexible. So get creative. 
If you do host it in your office, you don't need a whole lot of space. You just need the space for the conversation circle itself. And typically, we'll have some snacks as soon as people walk in. We'll have some wine. So just a little reception space to have all of that. So potentially on that front desk as soon as people walk in. And then using that typical little seating space in your front lobby could even work. Thank you. That was a great question, James. Yes. If you do plan on doing this in a restaurant, though, or in an outside space, I guess one additional word of advice is to talk to the wait staff about limiting their times in and out of the room when you sit down for the conversation circle, because that is a factor in creating that social safety. If you do hear the doors opening again and again, it could add It could detract from that experience and add to potentially the distractions that somebody may feel. And thinking about privacy in the space is also very important as well. So you do want to be in more of that private space rather than in a larger format where other people can potentially walk in and out. But great questions. All right. Any other questions? All right. Well, we can actually dive into what the timeline looks like for a conversation circle. We'll dive into this at a high level. So thinking about what that timeline looks like, as a whole, you see a sample in-person conversation circle timeline here. For a virtual circle, we typically shorten the timeline by about 30 minutes. We don't do longer than 90 minutes in a virtual circle, and we don't do a reception on the front end just because it's a lot harder for us to emulate those themes. But thinking about facilitating the experience at large, we typically always start with a welcome reception. Like I said, we have some wine, some snacks. Uh, We have name tags with just first names laid out on the table that people can grab as soon as they walk in. This allows us to see how many people are still missing from our space. So we allow for that 30 minutes just to get people settled in, put their stuff down on one of the chairs in the circle, grab a snack. And if we notice that maybe we're missing a couple of names during this welcome reception, we'll actually pull those physical chairs out of the circle and tighten up the space again. Because there's something that does contribute to the energy where there's that empty chair in the circle. We've hosted them with empty chairs in the circle and you do feel it for some reason. So just some of the lessons that we learned along the way. And then from there, we sit and we begin the circle. So we'll settle the circle, make sure everyone knows where restrooms are, any logistics that are important. We'll explain what a conversation circle is in terms that resonate with us. So I like to explain them through campfires like I did today. So that can potentially be an opportunity for you to think about a story back to your childhood or even now that you have that resonates with a conversation circle and the environment you're trying to create and explain circles that way. We talk about high level, why you've called the gathering. So this is the people in the room and the topic, as well as the agreement. So anything that you think is important for you to acknowledge in that room to have a really fruitful conversation. And typically we have those agreements written on everybody's chairs as well. That way they can read along with you. From there, we do the check-in. This is an opportunity for everybody to introduce themselves to one another. We go around the circle one by one with our talking stone. We introduce the question and we introduce the stone. So these questions could be as simple as how are you doing and how you're actually doing? What is your favorite thing to do for yourself? Any fun icebreaker that you think would be good for the group to get to know one another. 
And it doesn't have to be related to the topic that you're discussing at large. In fact, this is just an opportunity for everybody to kind of get settled in and to learn about the mechanics of passing the stone to one another. So feel free to make this just a fun icebreaker. From there, you'll shift the conversation into the topic that you've called the gathering for. So you can do this a number of ways. My personal favorite is by sharing some kind of reading, potentially from a, a poem. So for us, whenever we do the money conversation, we like to ask, what is your earliest money memory? And then we'll typically bring in a children's poem to help us line up that question. So you'll talk about the topic, you'll line up the topic in a way that's meaningful for you and ask one impact question related to your topic. Give people a chance to journal and you'll have everybody has journals on their seats. And then you go around the circle one by one again, just to share as themes come up. From there, after everybody shared and you acknowledge and thank everybody for sharing, acknowledge some of the common threads that you heard in everybody's answers, you can then go on and do several journaling exercises or even just exercises for deeper reflection. We like to leave this open to allow creativity to come in. We've seen advisors do uh, fun art projects, potentially do exercises where it's more fill in the blank to get people started and then more of a journaling exercise that goes deeper into the blanks. So feel free to think about what's going to resonate with you and your client base for there. And then from there, you can have a circle harvest where instead of going around the circle one by one, you share as themes come up that resonate. So you share using some kind of plush that you can toss across the room. And then after the circle harvest, you intentionally close the experience and give everybody one more opportunity to go around that circle one by one and share either a takeaway or an aha moment that came up for them in the conversation circle. And then after the circle is closed, we do typically see people like to spend a little bit of time in that space and just to connect with one another because you've gone really deep around topics that you otherwise wouldn't have talked about if you didn't have such an intentional format. So people do like to stay connected and, and be in that space for a little bit longer. So that's a little bit more around facilitating the experience at large and a, a general timeline of what a circle can look like. I did see some questions come up in the chat around invitations. So just to quickly touch on invitations, who do you invite? You can invite anyone, like we said before, clients, prospects, centers of influence. If you have colleagues at your firm and you wanna do this as a way to develop deeper relationships with them, We've used this as a tool internally at Dimensional in our inclusion networks to also develop that deeper relationship. So this is an opportunity for you as well to do this with your team. And we see a lot of advisors first test the format with their friends in an environment that they feel comfortable in. That way they can work on their facilitation as well. For invites, we typically send them out at least one month before. We send out calendar holds and reminder emails as well where we're going to indicate within the language that this is a small group. We're going to give language around inviting a plus one, so someone that you feel comfortable coming to the experience. And like we said before, that can be a potential prospect for you down the line. And we always communicate that capacity is limited and spots are first come, first served. And if you can no longer make it, please tell us. Because this 
does create less of a drop-off for your conversation circle the day of and also helps get your people to, to come into the room and to commit being there for the full time as well. So I did see some questions come in around sample invite language, more than happy to follow up with you one-on-one and to help you think through what that language could look like for the topic that you're thinking about. And then some of these elements that we talked about today. And then just one more theme I'll quickly touch on is follow-up. How do you how do you continue building that relationship once you've hosted the circle? So some next steps that you can do for follow-up, you can send a harvest email to the group. So you'll hear common themes that come up in your circle and you can recap on those themes for everyone at large. You can also send this email to people who didn't come to the circle. Of course, you're not sharing anybody's individual confidential story, but this also creates some some excitement about the future circles that you're going to host. You can ask for feedback on the circle through one-on-one phone calls or an online survey, or potentially provide some kind of a takeaway experience that they can remember the experience for. So going back to that peacock-themed circle that we did before, we actually had a peacock feather on everybody's chairs as a, a nice little takeaway to remind them of the experience by large. But that was my crash course on all things conversation circles. I know we're coming up quickly to our time, but any questions as we look at the chat, Kirsten or Mia, that we want to make sure that we acknowledge? Well, there's a lot of great questions in the chat, but I think we can also answer them with our our takeaway and what we're going to offer to those who have registered for this event. We will be sending out domestic funds your ideal client worksheet. If you are interested and you want to add conversation circles to your 2024 marketing lineup, we're going to offer an exclusive exclusive limited seating training with Ashley and her team on conversation circles and how to implement them in your own business. So we're going to send you this worksheet. And once you get it back to us, we're going to put you on a list to have these intimate conversations with Ashley to set up your conversation circles, what topics you should be hosting and how to do it. So I think it's an awesome opportunity for you to think about what you've heard here today and how to apply it to your own practice. I hope you take advantage of it. It is limited seating. It is for C2P. We're here to support you and your clients and take your business to the next level. And we're happy to do that with our friends at Dimensional. So any other questions? Did I just kill the vibe? That was great. Thank you so much, Kristen. And I know a few of you indicated that you would really like to see some sample invite language. So we'll be sure to send that as follow-up as well as the ideal clients worksheet. But thank you so much. Well, Ashley, Mia, thank you so much for spending your morning with us. Everybody who joined us again, gratitude for you giving us your time. When you give us precious time that you usually give your clients, we look forward to seeing your conversation circles, ideal client, and taking you to that next level. Enjoy your Wednesday and whatever you do today, make it a great day. At the time of delivery and any subsequent publishing, information was deemed reliable but is subject to change by the time of viewing or listening. The contents of this piece include the opinions and projections of C2P, are subject to change, and are for informational purposes only. The information provided in this presentation is not intended to be individual investment, tax, or legal advice.